Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I will share with you some news that I read uh, for this week. And uh, yeah, so today is July uh, 31st, uh, 2021. Okay, so the first one is, oh, hi, Evan. Do you want to raise your hands? And then, yeah, and I can add you to... Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hey, good morning. Good morning. How's everything? Hey, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, pretty good. Cool. Busy, but yeah, working on some yeah fun projects. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Cool, cool. Yeah, today uh, I will talk about like Snapchat's uh, new feature for AR and also like there's a new, I think it's called uh, AR Innovation Program with Hubrum, uh, T-Mobile. Yeah, so for example, if you are interested in creating some iOS AR app, actually I'm about to apply it. Uh, yeah, if you are interested in uh, creating some iOS AR, feel free to uh, go to this one. This, this news is on 9 to 5 Mac. Yeah, if you go to 9 to 5 app, and the title is T-Mobile launching Apple AR innovation program with Hubrum. Yeah, so yeah, you can take a look. Yeah, so pretty much um, uh, T-Mobile in order to encourage more, you know, machine learning, AI and augmented reality, they create an award uh, for people to apply. So yeah, I find out it's very interesting and uh, pretty much they are what, what they are looking for is uh, for example, like communication, right? Uh, T-Mobile is all about communication and also sports, music, gymnastics, or you, if you want to do some retail, like something related to iOS uh, AR. Uh, another one will be education, sus sustainability, uh, or you can do like enabling technology such as AR, machine learning, uh, privacy and contextual stuff. Yeah, so I find out this is very very interesting and uh, yeah i just saved the link and i yeah i i will apply it later i mean yeah it's fine yeah I, I, yeah th that's the first news when i see it today i feel excited okay so yeah okay um the second one uh will be uh on theverge.com the title is called snap buys another company to make AR shopping a reality. Yeah, so pretty much Snapchat recently bought a lot of like a new, <clears throat> new uh, companies in order to enhance their online AR campaign. Uh, previously, uh, Snapchat had a lot of like uh, success in AR campaign. And I personally think that, um, that Snapchat is going to turn their business uh, heavily to AR, right? For example, like right now, um, they just bought a few companies, including Fit Analytics. Uh, what's Fit Analytics do? Uh, Fit Analytics, pretty much they were doing, if you go to TechCrunch, uh, the title is called Snap Acquires Fit Analytics, a feeding technology startup to double down on fashion and e-commerce um, uh, business. So in this app, pretty much it can help you to do like the fitting um, stuff. For example, like if you want to buy a glass, right? And then the, the, all the analytics will 
uh, measure uh, people's face or measure people's data more accurate for the customer to uh, you know try it on and you know make a better decision because of all the accurate data. So uh, if you go to TechCrunch, you can see like a feeding preference, right? All the I would say it's kind of like, for example, you 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 buy like some、uh, glass or some clothes, right? And then on Amazon, you can put all your data. But because of AR, you can pretty much using you know like more visual、uh, data to、uh, you know measure it instead of you、uh, kind of like trying to figure out your own data. So、uh, by those AI AR. Machine learning technologies, uh, uh, the kind of like the fit analytics can help users to create, uh, kind of like um, get a better, um, try on experience and increase the sales selling and decrease the the returning rate. Yeah. So, any thoughts on those?、Uh, Evan, do you wanna share your thoughts? Hey, sure.、Um, yeah, no, this is super interesting. I was, yeah, I was just looking at.、Um, I guess Snapchat also now they have like some sort of、um, machine learning driven thing where you can、um, like people that you see. I guess it's like posts on the app. I'm not sure where the input comes from, but it'll like you know do an image similarity search for like clothes、um, within Snapchat, which seems really interesting.、Um, also, like kind of funny to imagine. I don't know. Like, I feel like there are all these jokes about like stealing people's looks or whatever,、um, and now you can sort of do it automatically. <laughs>、um, but I think yeah, the try on the virtual try on stuff is like definitely exciting. I've definitely bought you know things online,、um, and they haven't fit. So I think there's plenty of space there to solve that problem.、Um, it's also interesting to kind of think about like how developing that technology could also lead to more of those.、Um, You know, really creative experiments with like digital only clothing.、Um, there's, I was just thinking about some of those. I've seen some examples that are、um, not real time, where you like,、um, you know, pay a company to like, you know, do a really nice rendering of one of their digital garments, and you know, you can post that on social media. But、um, it's cool to imagine that, yeah, maybe we'll also get through some of this try on stuff, also some,、um, you know, really cool、uh, digital fashion filters as well. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, I I think definitely. I I I personally really like、um, the the concept of like、um, you know using、uh, AR to enhance the shopping experience, right? So yeah. So pretty much, I think yeah. And then I I yeah, because right now、uh, I'm working for Facebook, so all those stuff I'm trying not to mention. And the thing is that there are so many good stuff happening. But yeah, but I I think yeah, just、uh, be respectful. I couldn't really say anything because I'm afraid that what if I say something that is not appropriate. Yeah. So yeah, but um yeah, but recently I find out that for example, like um Olympics, right? Uh, if you see Olympics, um、uh, they have some Hololens or you know like a real time, uh some device for people allows people to you know watch. Some datas or watch like makes the user feel immersive when they watch Olympics, even though it's not you know like oh, 
it feels real, right? It's still like a little far away from real, but you know, by integrating those technology, um, I think the metaverse is coming pretty soon because right now you see all the computer rendering, all the stuff, it can make you feel like it's real, right? It feels really real, but I mean, for some reason, um, there are still some technology we need to, um, you know, conquer it. But um, yeah, but right now I'm really happy to see you see Apple, right? Apple and Snapchat, right? And then also I think Google, Google right now, it seems like they launched another search function, which you can type uh, any sports, gymnastics, and it come up to like a 3D version of it. You can search something in. Yeah, before it already has that, but right now because of Olympics, uh, it integrate more, you know, uh, 3D models or AR mode, right, in um, uh, related to sports. And then Facebook, of course, like Oculus, right? There are so many cool stuff happening in Oculus and in the future it will expand, right? And then also um, um, Apple, Snapchat, uh, Microsoft, right? Microsoft always, you know, like doing a lot of really cool um, HoloLens stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I feel really positive about all, all this trend. And especially like I read a book, uh, the book is called UX for XR. Yeah, that book, I, if you are really interested, I would recommend you to kind of like, I don't know, just get one or get a PDF one. Um, you can read it. And inside there was a chart, which is interesting. It's like, you know, like in industry, we are right now in the industry 4.0. And then as for another one, which is more like uh, spatial computing. Right now, we are not only in the smart system, but also spatial computing. So those two are merging. So spatial computing means 3D, right? And also like, uh, you know, instead of uh, the, the, the flat computing, right now we are in spatial computing. So which means we can uh, make use of storytelling right? More immersive experience so people can learn more. Because you see, like, according to research, if you learn something, if you smell it, if you, uh, you know, interact with it, you can learn much more than just reading books, right? So yeah, special computing can create immersive experience and also um, have more better express about the data. And also uh, industry 4.0 means that uh, smart system, right? Um, AI, ML, and also IoT, right? All those. And right now, I saw like a lot of blockchain and NFT. Those stuff will be integrated with, uh, like, within the special computing. So pretty much, uh, it's a really big conjunction. And I usually told like my students that uh, right now, like in the past. People are looking for I types of talents. I means that you see I, right? So it means that you only have one talent, right? If you have one specialty, you can live well, fine, right? It's the past, right? Like, um, like I would say five, 10 years ago, if you only have one talent, you do that thing, focus on that thing, it's good, right? But right now, the world, since everything is merging 
converge together, right? Everything you couldn't just learn, no one thing, right? So right now, the world is seeking for pie type of people. If you see pie, right? Pie has two legs, which means that, you know, instead of one talent, people like right now, people are looking at two talents at least, right? So for example, like, you are good in UX, UI, and also, you know, animation, 3D modeling, those two can combine together, right? And become your own talents. So yeah, so this is something that I find uh, very interesting in the book called uh, UX for XR. Yeah, any thoughts, Evan? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, no, totally. I think the field of XR design is really exciting in the way it brings together all these different um, disciplines. I've definitely been thinking about, um, yeah, I guess kind of like, yeah, some of the more practical applications. Um, I saw some, I saw a cool video the other day looking at like um, AR tools to like um, help manage like data centers. Mm, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Um, any environment where you have a lot of data that's associated with the space around you. Um, obviously, lots of that stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I totally, as somebody with like an animation background, I definitely think a lot about, um, you know, like how movement, um, you know, can really, can really like, I think the bigger puzzle, it's obviously not really obvious, but I think there are a lot of good examples of how it can add like the light, um, you know, and then using like characters or like narrative devices um, can help make things, I mean, there was a great, um, I forget what, I, I feel like they keep referencing this thing. There was a, um, an article on Game of Sutra like a while ago from, I think the designer was like Mata Haggis Burridge about like four types of immersion. Um, and Burridge mentions like narrative as a type of immersion. So anyway, I think, you know, emotion has a huge role to play at that, right? Like characters are a lot more interesting once they start moving. <laughs> um, but I think, I think too, a lot about kind of the functionality. Um, I think I've definitely like seen some of the, um, I forget what it is. It's like an app that is somewhat well-known in VR um, where the creator is really kind of just playing with different types of like interfaces. It's like a hand <laughs> demo thing. Um, but they, there was a video the other day showing um, like different types of like resistance and like um, how you could like push on a control um, and have like, you know, this feeling of pushback and then have like these sort of like feedback cages for um, the resistance to the thing. And that actually I thought was really, really interesting. I think thinking about motion um, in terms of like feedback um, rather than just sort of like things moving around in front of you, but like the way that things could move when you touch them. Um, I think, you know, that has a lot, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's kind of a, um, I think will potentially be like a, uh, a really, really significant uh, part of what like um, movement, you know, and the spatial aspect of these interfaces um, can offer that's different from um, just having something um, on a screen. There was also that really cool like tumbling cube demo that HoloLens just um, came out with too. Um, but yeah, that's that's the stuff where I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a new dimension for kind of like motion graphics that like, you know, where it becomes functional in a, in a new way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, like knowing how to create 3D or like knowing how to code, knowing what's the uh, user experience. Like I find out that in XR, you need to learn so much. I don't think there's anyone who can say, oh, I'm the expert in XR because it's kind of multi, uh, 
yeah, like there are so many fields that are related to XR. And, uh, you know, since the hardware is not fixed, the software is keeping changing. The interesting thing in the book, like UX or XR, they have a chapter dedicated to uh, like talking about the controller. You know, like, for example, like when we design a website or app, right, we need to be confined with that little box, right? Little flat box, like a uh, rectangle, right? So every, so your interface needs to be rectangle, right? You couldn't be circle. You couldn't, you know, fly everywhere. And there's only one little thing. And, uh, you know, viewer or user only can see everything through that little window, right? And there's no death, right? So you kind of fake it, right? So that's the constraint. So before, it pretty much that the designer needs to design something to fit the device because device is looking this way, look like this way. So we have to do that. But in XR field is that since the device, you know, when you wear the headset or when you are in that mode, the device disappear, the constraint, the, the, the little window disappear, right? It, instead, it's the 360 field. So your controller can be anything. For example, if you see like a HoloLens, right? Um, the controller, when you tap your finger or somewhere, right? And then tap the controller and the interface becomes, you know, like, um, circular around your con controller. And there's like no shape limitation, right? Uh, so pretty much it feels like way, wherever you want to press, there's always a button next to your finger or, you know, you can freely, like instead of, you know, like your laptop, right? It's fixed, right? Now the form, I, I find like in that book, it says that the, 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 the interface right now is free from the device, right? So when, uh, if you design UX UI, uh, pretty much in the VR space, pretty much all, you can do a lot of possibilities because there's no device, there is no frame uh, confine you. So you can pretty much, you know, uh, do a lot uh, in this 3D space. Yeah, so I found this is, very interesting uh, for, from my perspective because, uh, yeah, so you see like UX UI in, um, in desktop, right? And versus UX UI in um, XR, it's really different just because of the unlimited possibility of the UI can be presented. Yeah, so I find out this is fascinating. Yeah, any thoughts or comments? Um, yeah, no, totally. I think, um, yeah, in terms of like the interfaces, um, like, yeah, in terms of the interface design, there was, I was kind of reading, I guess there's starting to be a convention too about sort of like, uh, these different planes on which, um, you typically lay information. Like there's kind of like a HUD mm. layer that's like yes. more sticky. Mm. And then I guess there are also now I've seen a lot of like UI designs, um, that use like the controller itself, right. Or like mm. your hand. Yes. It's more of a like an UI type thing. Mm. Um, and then there's kind of like a sort of, I've seen some designs where then there's like a mid distance kind of like space for like some HUD stuff mm. and then potentially even like Horizon or whatever. Mm. Um, mm. 
but yeah, I haven't, I mean, myself, I haven't, um, I haven't been doing many UIs for, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, um, yeah, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's cool, I definitely think about kind of like, um, with just like being, I, I think, yeah, I've I, I kind of like think, been thinking more about like, um, about how kind of like involves like objects around you mm. like if you have like like you know you imagine like an image search or something mm. um right where if you're like oh like what kind of tree is this or something mm. um you know or like where did, oh where could i buy a chair like that mm. um you know and you, you like see something in the environment and then you want this contextual information about it mm. um you know like kind of like do you you know do you associate that like with you know, do you put it like on the object or mm -hmm. is it, you know, when do you make the transition into like a larger interface or whatever? Um, I'm just kind of thinking about some of that stuff recently, but it is, it is interesting too, to kind of think about like, um, if you are dealing with all these objects, um, you know, like what, like when, when, you know, what you want to be flat, like what UI stuff do you want to be like actually like more of a plane? And then how can you start involving like 3D models in it too? Um, I think that would be like an interesting area to explore as well, right? Like instead of having like when you have like if you have a strip of like you know you're like oh show me similar chairs, right? Um, and then like you know maybe they show up as like a flat strip, um, and but then like you know when you pick one out, when does that sort of become volumetric? You know, um, kind of like managing this potential for like you know things seeming like they're flat and then taking up space. Um, it seems, yeah, it seems like it's a really interesting challenge. Um, and it's definitely something that yeah, you would have to just kind of like work through and design it out. Um, but yeah, I think there's a potential for some really exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I totally think that, uh, you know, like right now, COVID, I truly think that COVID is helping, <laughs> helping XR growing. Yeah, because, you know, before COVID, people are not really eagerly to explore the virtual world, right? Because we can always meet in person. Uh, and right now, since everything is shutting down again and people are so tired of Zoom, I truly think that Zoom should kind of start exploring the, the virtual reality or something since everyone is on Zoom, right? O almost, right? So, yeah, so, I mean... Um, for example, like meetings in person or, you know, like all those possibilities, right? Zoom right now, um, uh, it's not that immersive. And then, yeah, there are a lot of constraints and there are a lot of Zoom fatigue, right? We have Zoom at least, like for me, at least eight or 10 calls per day. So, yeah, so for me, I'm really tired of Zoom. But yeah, but I, I, I find out that if, you know, the world can, you know, be, we, we can break this little tiny screen and we can kind of freely explore and all the interface understand us, right? Uh, instead of we are trying to understand or we are trying to fit our needs inside that little, you know, confining space, right? For example, like the keyboard, right? Um, um, the, the controller pretty much uh, when um, um, before Facebook, about Oculus, the founder, um, I forgot his name, like Lockie or something. Yeah, like he's, he, he, he the, the, the way that he figured out the controller is that he wants to mimic the hand, the hands, like when you hold the controller, you feel like your hands is freely working. Uh, I think this is amazing because think of that. 
uh, instead of you know like the the keyboard it's not really designed for you know for intuitive right but the controller is trying to mimic your hand if you hold like any VR controller it's trying to make your hand just like a move with the controller without feeling the controller yeah uh, yeah so I I, I think this is a very interesting way, like right now, all the technology, like for example, um, HCI, human computer interaction. If you study the history, yeah, we can find out that before, like we were trying to talk to the computer, communicate to the computer in order for computer to execute our commands, right? So we learn a lot of coding. We learn a lot of, you know, ways to communicate with computer. But right now, it seems like computer is trying to learn us or we are trying to make the computer suit our needs. And without, we are learning them. But, you know, the computer right now is mimicking humans' gesture, humans, you know, the mouse, you know, like mouse is, um, you know, kind of like help us to interact with the content on the screen. But right now, it becomes the controller and controller feels like the hands, right? So yeah, so I start feeling that the technologies emerge into our life and become part of us and uh, become closer and closer. And especially, for example, right now, before it's the device space, right now it's all wearable, right? You see um, watch, right? Watch, Apple Watch uh, can kind of uh, calculate the, your fitness burn. And in the future, it will be glass, right? And maybe in the future, it will be neuron science, which just put insert little chips and, you know, you can work really well with the computer. So, yeah, so I just feel fascinating about the whole technology change and whole industry change. And it's very exciting to just every day learning new things every day and adapt this new changing world. Yeah, cool. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I like what you said about like um, computers learning us as like being, um, I think, yeah, I think that kind of being a thing, um, both that like people sort of have some expectations for, I think that's a new thing. Um, it's interesting to see that kind of taking hold. I mean, I feel like you see that in a lot of mobile UI design now with recommendations. Um, being like a really popular way to organize UI instead of having, um, you know, expecting people to want to go through like, you know, a five layer information architecture just to find like, you know, the right pair of socks or whatever, um, which like obviously you can still do. But um, there is a bunch of, uh, I was working on a project now that's like a nonprofit, or it's a website for a nonprofit that teaches some um, skills for improving like mental well-being to teenagers. And there was a study that I was reading um, that someone had done as part of her PhD, I think, um, where she had been looking at uh, developing, not sort of developing an app, but like doing like early stage design research for the potential for um, like how could software kind of like help teenagers manage stress more or less. Um, and one of the teenagers like, um, was saying like, oh, I really like apps that like um, learn your preferences and like learn what you like. Um, it was really striking to kind of see that from such like, you know, a young perspective. Um, I think definitely, you know, there's like all kinds of questions to be asked about, you know, like how these algorithms work and like, you know, auditing them, especially in, you know, more serious kind of, you know, government public policy roles, very important. Um, but yeah, I think the age of responsive interfaces is definitely a 
upon us. <laughs> uh, and it is like, that is something too with, um, I've seen that discussed, like I want to say it was KJ Matsuda, um, like a design firm that I believe he yeah, was running, they came out with um, kind of a, I don't know, there was like a research report where they were just speculating about kind of how it meshed like uh, machine learning and responsive interfaces and like, um, you know, extended reality will really be, um, yeah, and when you kind of think about the smart home too and like fitness trackers and, you know, all this other data about our routines potentially informing um, the information that we see on our digital devices, um, it definitely like takes it to another level, um, which is, yeah, I think it's both exciting and like scary. I mean, I think there is reality like with targeted advertising where it's like, um, you know, we do we do a lot of, you know, kind of like UX and UIs is all about figuring out what the most relevant information is for people and getting it to them, right? I think the utility of that is like pretty undisputed. Um, and I think there's definitely a way that these things can um, help us do that. But yeah, there's definitely, I think, the challenge of like maintaining privacy and like, um, yeah, how people can have control over, um, you know, what's going on and, you know, making sure that they're aware of like, you know, where the data is going and, um, you know, there's kind of like once the computer starts doing more things for you and once the computer is the cloud and, you know, this myriad array of like you know, different companies and service providers, I think there's a real challenge for, um, you know, preserving user trust um, and making some, some of these systems transparent. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see that as well. I think on the HCI side, yeah, there's there's tons of potential, and um, yeah, I think there's also the potential to have like you know, I think less you know just just happier relationships with computers. You know, I feel like most of the frustration I have with my digital devices is that like I don't know, you know, I have to like fill out some stupid form on like my phone, and it's like you know nothing is autofilling. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think I think we'll we'll probably all like our computers better um, as they get smarter about. Um, you know, presenting us the information that we want when we do. Um, but yeah, I think they're, you know, they're definitely like, yeah, I think, I think this question of control, maintaining user control privacy is like a big one um, as these features develop. But yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited um, for sure. Yeah, right. So yeah, um, what what I would say is that privacy issue is very, very important, right? Especially right now, everyone is aware of their data. Where where the data will go, right? Um, yeah, and people don't want to, um, you know, like being leaked of those datas. And then, yeah, for me, I would say that, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I saw the, the article on Entrepreneur uh, Magazine, and uh, it says that actually 61% of Latin American, they, uh, they care about the after sales experience. For example, like um, some people will buy, for example, me, like personally, I buy Apple Watch on Amazon. Why? Because for example, if the package is missing, if something was wrong, I can you know call Amazon and return it. Or you know, if something is missing, I call Amazon. Amazon will you know send me a new one. But if I buy directly from Apple, I might not be able to get all the great customer service. So I'd rather pay a little extra more because when I see the price, it's kind of the same, right? But I would like Amazon to handle the after-sales experience, right? So it's very interesting. And recently, like one of my friends 
uh, I recommend her to buy Oculus too, um, um, Oculus website. And she told me that, oh, I don't want to buy um, the official website. I want to buy uh, in Costco. I was like, okay, sure, sure, do it, do it. And then the interesting concept is also the app to sales. So, you know, like the customer service after uh, sales. So the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, all the marketing strategy, we are focusing on sale, 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 right? Data, 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 more accurate data. But maybe the the after, you know, customer service will be more important, right? And those are not really related to uh, the, it, it's related, right? But it's not fully related to uh, customer data, right? It's more like how you handle customer's problem or how you solve customer's problem when they are not satisfied with your product, right? So all those, those are, you know, kind of viewed. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so I find out it's very interesting that uh, even though you are trying to figure out this person right now want to buy something, right? And you, you saw like, I don't know, like ads or something to that person right now. Um, uh, and in order to get that accurate data, you need to get a lot of private, private data from the user. Instead of that, why not provide a super amazing after sales customer service? When people want to buy something, they always come to you because you provide a great, uh, you know, if they are not satisfied with their goods, they will always come back to you. So I think this is probably more long-term rather than trying to get all the data from the user. Yeah, so very, very interesting that I just find out like recently. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you, Evan, for joining me uh, today and hopefully see you next Saturday. Okay, thank you. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so thank you everyone. And I will see you guys uh, next Saturday. Bye-bye. Mm, Bye. Bye. Okay, thanks everyone. Then I will see you hopefully next Saturday. Bye-bye.